This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. All good things must come to an end, and after seven straight wins, Liverpool have suffered their first defeat of the season after losing 2-1 to Chelsea in the Carabao Cup. My name is Paul Wheelock and we'll be getting the views on what was a frustrating night at Anfield from the press box, the stands and the dugout in this, our post-game podcast. We'll start with the verdict of our Liverpool FC correspondent, James Pearce. We'll then hear from four Red supporters who have phoned into this show. Ross Strachan, who is gutted, Simon Donnelly, who is not, Mark Baker, who works in an academy at a championship club, and Alex Watts, who could be in for a long few days before Liverpool look to exact revenge in Saturday's Premier League meeting between the sides at Stamford Bridge. There is no doubt in the quality of Eden Hazard's winner, but controversy surrounded Chelsea's equaliser, and Jurgen Klopp spoke about just that in his press conference, which we have audio highlights from. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Well, it's been a desperately frustrating night for Liverpool here at Anfield, beaten 2-1 by Chelsea in the Carabao Cup. For the first time in the club's history, they've gone out of this competition in successive seasons at their first hurdle. And in truth, they only had themselves to blame tonight. Jurgen Klopp made eight changes, utilised the depth of his squad, but uh, it was still a game that Liverpool really should have won. Uh, They started slowly. Um, you know, I think the one fear with so many changes was that it would be a bit disjointed and players looking rusty and it certainly took them probably 25-30 minutes to uh, get into their stride and, and before then they were indebted to a couple of smart saves from uh, Simon Mignolet making his first appearance since January he denied Morata on a couple of occasions and uh, he could certainly hold his head high tonight Mignolet because uh, you know, he didn't, didn't do anything wrong um, and then Liverpool grew into it. You know, they had some some decent chances. Naby Keita was lively. He went close. And then, uh, you know, early in the second half, Daniel Sturridge will be having nightmares after uh, about that miss because uh, you know it was a horrendous back pass from Christensen. Sturridge clean through, went around Caballero. Keeper got a little hand on it, but still Sturridge had time to just roll the ball in, into an empty net. Decided to take it early and knocked it wide. So I think that this disbelief of uh, of everyone inside here tonight. Uh, to Sturridge's credit, you know he didn't dwell on that. It didn't. It didn't dent Liverpool's morale. They they absolutely dominated most of that second half. Really should have scored before Sturridge finally uh, volleyed home acrobatically after Keita's uh, strike had been parried by uh, Caballero. And then Liverpool, you know, with 11 minutes to go, they looked to be uh, to be to be cruising to a you know a hard-fought win, but. You know, they were undone by some some slack defending and and some attacking brilliance. I think also some pretty dodgy officiating came into it. I know Jurgen Klopp was fuming about the uh, the award of the free kick in the build up to the equaliser. Um, certainly, the assistant didn't flag against Naby Keita, despite the fact that the incident was about a yard in front of him. Um, but uh, you know, in the end, Hazard whipped in the free kick. Barkley, his header brilliantly saved by Mignolet, but Emerson was quickest to the rebound to tuck it away. We did have VAR in, in operation here tonight, and they took a long look at that. I think it looked pretty clear that, that Barkley was marginally offside, but um, the goal was allowed to stand. And then Sturridge inches away from being the hero when his curler struck the bar, and uh, you know, Liverpool were still ruining that when uh, Hazard, you know, a piece of brilliance from him. Uh, you know, slalomed his way into space and, and hammered it beyond Mignolet five minutes from time to settle the tie. Um, 
I still think Liverpool should have done a lot better defensively with that. Yes, it's brilliant from Hazard, but you look at it again, he gets away from Keita far too easily. And Moreno, I thought, was a, a weak link for most of the night. Also, you know, uh, should have done a lot better. And, you know, the frustration for, for some of those fringe players is it's going to be a long time now before they get another chance because uh, there's no question Klopp's big guns will come back into it for uh, Saturday night's trip to Stamford Bridge which is uh, now a revenge mission. And, uh, you know, I certainly wouldn't knock Klopp for the team he picked tonight. I think it was the right move joining such an intensive run of fixtures to shake things up and give key men a breather. I think this tonight reinforced just how important Virgil van Dijk is to Liverpool. You know, he's Liverpool looked very uncertain defensively at times. And, you know, he, without his, his communication skills and organisation, um, you know, I think... He, you kind of only really appreciate what you've got till it's not there and uh, you know, certainly Van Dijk will be one of a host of players who will come back in for the weekend and Liverpool need to ensure this is just a blip you know the League Cup was always fourth on the list of priorities this season they've got bigger fish to fry this is a team challenging we hope for the Premier League title and also for the Champions League crown so they need to dust themselves off the League Cup has gone for another year now they need to turn that negative into a positive just two competitions to focus on between now and January and it's all about getting back on track down at Stamford Bridge on Saturday night. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. It's Ross from Witness just back from Liverpool, Chelsea in the Carabao Cup. So I'm guessing that's what defeat tastes like. Um, really disappointing to end up on the losing side there for what's first half weren't really at the races bit of a scrappy game Second half, much the better side. And we end up going on front. Ten minutes to go and we conspire to lose the game 2-1. The moments of brilliant, some hazard. Don't get me wrong, fantastic goal, fantastic player. 1-0 up, ten minutes to go. You've got to be backing yourself. Um, we made a few changes to the side. Obviously, being the League Cup, needs to get some of the squad involved. Noticeable for me, Fabinho making his first start. I'll be honest, I was quite disappointed with him. Whether his fitness, obviously he's not got the match fitness because he hasn't played. But he looked, I thought he looked really off the pace. Um, his touch let him down on several occasions. I don't think he looked the most mobile at times. When he lost the ball or he was chasing, he did make a couple of good challenges. But generally, I just thought he was off the pace. Obviously, it's still early days with his career at Liverpool his first that was his first game so let's not read too much into it but the early signs weren't great and now we're out this League Cup you're not going to see that I don't think we're going to see that much of him I don't think he's going to get much of a look in in uh, the coming you know we've got a couple of big games coming next few weeks so you're not going to see much of him let's just hope he can build on his fitness and and push on Um, the back four, well, the back five, you should include the keeper, which started today, was basically, it's been our back four or five for the last couple of seasons, and I think it's shown how much we have improved um, with the squad and with the with our starting back, back four now and the new keeper. It's made a big difference. I think it was noticeable, you know, that we had Moreno, I thought Moses ran him a little bit ragged first half, and then obviously... He was turned for the goal, the hazard goal. Didn't look great. Klein, you know, a few years ago, 
everyone was raving about Klein and you can see he's has gone off the boil. He's had a lot of injuries and stuff. But the the difference in the back four and the keeper then to the to the difference in the back four and the keeper that we now have is worlds apart. So hopefully coming in the league games and the cup games that we've got, Champions League, that it'll make a difference. So we go in, nil nil half time. I'm sure they've had a bit of a talking to and we've got to come out and try and win the game. Within you know, 30, 40 seconds of the second half, Sturridge missed a guilt head chance. He's gone round the keeper, he's got to score. He simply has got to score. But the, the intensity did continue in the second half. I thought we were so much better second half. We dominated the game, created quite a few chances. And in the end, we got the goal. Great finish by Sturridge on the rebound with the overhead volley. And I didn't see anyone else winning the game over Liverpool at that point. I've got to mention the referee at this point. I thought the ref had an absolute stinker. He didn't give Liverpool anything. And when uh, Chelsea did get that free kick to what they ended up equalising off, from where I was where I was sat, I couldn't understand what he'd given it for. I thought he'd just given the throw in. And their player just lying down injured. All of a sudden, he's got a free kick in a dangerous situation. And it was a good ball in. Um, Mignolet seemed to make a decent save and they've got the rebound and they're back in the game. Um, also, I didn't actually know that VAR was getting used in these League Cup games and it was a bit of a strange situation in the stand where it was one all, they equalised and everything stopped and the refs um, going to VAR. I think this VAR thing really, really is awful. For some, for watching the game live... In the ground, there needs to be something different than the way it is at the minute. I know it's still experimental and that, but no one knows what's happening. There was a little thing that flashed up on the screen in the corner of the cop saying VARs, but, you know, let's just get on with the game. They've equalised. Move on. I don't understand why he went to VAR. VAR, I don't like it myself. I really wouldn't have it in the game. I'm all for getting the right decisions, but VAR needs looking at. It's obviously going to come into the Premier League next season, and that's why it's being trialled in the League Cups. But as a live spectator watching the game, you you don't know what's happening, and that can't be right. The paying public are in there watching the game, and they don't know what's going on. It doesn't it doesn't make sense to me, and I think it does need looking at. But anyway, they get back in one all, and then obviously the moments of brilliance from Hazard wins the game. Skins Moreno and tucks it in the corner. Great goal, great player. But real dis- real disappointment to lose that game today. League Cup, something it's something that we can go on and win. It gives a great chance for the fringe players to have a go. And anyone who says, Oh, you know, I'd rather lose this and win the next game, it doesn't football doesn't work like that. Go and win that game. And then on Saturday you go and win that one. You don't just say, right, we'll write this one off and we'll win that one. That's not how it works. You win this one, you build the momentum, you win the next one. You, that's how, to me, that's how it works. You can't pick and choose your games. So it is disappointing, but now we've got to use the disappointment to going in to these league games and coming up, obviously, Chelsea's the first one, cracking game on the Saturday. Let's use this as motivation. I think we're going to go and beat them. So let's go out, beat them, and... Keep the run going. Just a minor blip today. This is Simon Donnelly, Liverpool Echo, 
LFC jury member. Ah well, there we go. We're out of the Carabao Cup. And I don't think any of us really mind. Uh, I was, before the game tonight, I was quite happy for us to be, um, to go out of this competition. It is the smallest and the, the least significant of the four competitions we are in. But you can't help feeling a little bit like you just don't want Liverpool to lose, do you? You just don't want it to happen, especially against one of our arch enemies like Chelsea. But uh, Jürgen, quite rightly, um, changed it up a little bit, changed the team quite a lot. And I understand why. I agree with those reasons why. And he gave everyone, or sorry, gave his first 11 virtually a bit of a rest. It was nice to see Fabinho coming in and starting a game for the first time. And as I've said, I don't, not too upset that we're out of this competition. It also, I suppose, gets the monkey off our back of being unbeaten this season so far. It's all we hear about, isn't it? Liverpool are unbeaten. Um, I suppose now they'll just say Liverpool are unbeaten in the Premier League, which I hope we're still saying after the weekend. I think Saturday's game at tea time against Chelsea at Stamford Bridge will be a lot different to tonight. I am convinced that Chelsea, although a good side, will not be able to cope with Liverpool's gegenpressing, press and Liverpool's high-pressing game. I'm not convinced um, Chelsea are have the, have the tactics, have the, the style of play to cope with that. And I've got a feeling we will beat them on Saturday, although my feelings when I think Liverpool are going to win are usually proved wrong. Fingers crossed, not this time. Um, so, and of, of both games, obviously, it's the Premier League game that we'd rather win. It's a massive one Saturday night. I can't wait. I'm not going. I can't wait to sit with a glass of Ribena and maybe a small Chinese meal and watch the game. It'll be wonderful. Let's hope we get the three points that we need and let's uh, hope we extend this lead over Chelsea. Never mind the Carabao Cup. Get it out the way. Glad it's out the way. Let the other teams worry about that one. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Mark Baker, let's talk about a Carabao Cup, a Liverpool versus Chelsea at Anfield. So, <laughs> Liverpool got out the cup and knocked out the cup by a fantastic footballer. Um, but we'll come on to that in a minute anyway. But um, Liverpool... Liverpool started slowly into the game and, and Liverpool obviously made a lot of changes to the side, as did Chelsea, but Chelsea seemed to uh, to pick up the pace of the game a lot better, settle better into the game and I felt that Liverpool were yards off in everything really in terms of um, the accuracy, the weight of the pass, the decision making and also when they didn't have the ball, the pressure they could apply to the ball, so I felt like the angles and distances of the midfield when Chelsea received possession, I felt Liverpool were too easy to play through. And to be perfectly honest, I felt Chelsea were the much better side in the first half, for the majority of it anyway, for at least the first half an hour. Liverpool came into the game after that. But in the opening exchanges, Chelsea were pretty comfortable. And Liverpool were struggling, really. Chelsea were in and around, playing in and around Liverpool's shape. Liverpool couldn't really seem to lay a glove on a Chelsea player, especially in that midfield phase. And and really, Chelsea were popping the ball off, and Liverpool were, were almost pedestrian. Uh, if one man had to try and close down, the, the distances of the cover uh, of, the, of the nearest player was not sufficient, and, and so Chelsea could 
because I have a lot of ball possession in that area. And to be honest, on one or two occasions, uh, Carl Liverpool open a fantastic pass by Fabregas uh, off the shoulder to Morata. Uh, and another opportunity in which Marassa tested tested Mignolet. But however however much Liverpool weren't at the best with and without the ball, they were still relatively, well, they were organised, relatively organised, still into the shape. It was just the, the midfield section that needed tweaking, which with new players in that area and getting to know the, the, the framework of the organisation of how Liverpool set up, you could half expect to imagine that it, that it could be the case. And then into the second half, Liverpool were much the better side. Um, much better positioning of the players on the field to win the ball back. There was always cover support for the man who was going to close down the ball. And Liverpool were able to win it back much more frequently and turn over possession, which is which is always a, a trait really that Liverpool, when Liverpool are doing well, that's what that's what you see from them. It transitions of play, and. The, the game changed really. Chelsea were on the back foot, and Liverpool were the ones creating chances, and and really could have could have sewn up the game within that period. There were some numerous good chances for them, but they just didn't get that two goal margin, in which really to kill Chelsea off because Chelsea were really struggling for the majority of the second half. And, and when when you look at the actual outcome of the game, Chelsea won the game through a set play and just a fantastic moment of individual brilliance from. Well, I mentioned it, I think, last week on the podcast. For me, for, for many years now, in terms of overall technical ability, um, Eden Hazard is second only to Lionel Messi in world football. And I think that was demonstrated yet again today. So, set play, Liverpool just never can see goals off set plays. It's obviously a fundamental part of the game. But again, following on from the set play, conceded by Liverpool, I think it's Tottenham Hotspur, Liverpool conceded another one, so that's an, an area concern, obviously. But then it came down to one player deciding the outcome of the game. Now, first of all, from Liverpool's point of view, I think a lot of, lots of positives in terms of the second half. So, in the second half, Liverpool, albeit with a, a much-changed side and much-changed personnel, were able to replicate, really, the... The organisation that Liverpool show with with the first choice eleven out, and that's always a great indicator about how well a team are doing and how well they're set up. That they can they can play to their style of play. That they've got a philosophy of how they go about things. And although it was lost slightly in the first half, it was it was much more apparent in the second half. And and that that period of settling into the game in the first forty five minutes, Liverpool then became the Liverpool side that, that we know really albeit lacking a bit of that, that individual quality because some of the, the better players weren't on the field. And like I say, they should have shown up the game. But I think Hazard demonstrates just what an elite footballer, and I mean elite by the fact of absolute world-class player can elevate the sides really. Chelsea were on the back foot, so second best in the second half, but have won the game through just sheer moment, moments of brilliance really. Um, which has transpired to knock Liverpool out of the cup. Now, now the reason I believe that Hazard, and I have believed for a long time, he's the second to Messi's throne, really, is he's the only player, like a Messi, who lends the ball to his teammates. And what he does is, when he loans them the ball, it's always with a case of, I'm going to loan you it, but I'm going to get it back in a better position. And the build-up and everything they do around the final fair for Chelsea is all dictated to Hazard getting on the ball. He uses teammates as bouncing boards to play off. That's why he, 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 combinations with Olivier Giroud is so so prevalent in Chelsea's play. The little given goes, the little bounce balls, the wall passes off Giroud. And again in the games today, 
with Aspilicueta, lending the ball to Aspilicueta and then showcasing what else, what else or all the other qualities that he possesses in terms of the change of direction when he's on the ball, the ability to hold off that, that upper body strength, that that low centre of the gravity in which he positions his body in between the ball and man. And at that, at that point, I'm never a big advocate of giving away free kicks in them kind of areas because they can always be dangerous, as shown by Chelsea's first goal. But when Hazard is in that position, I think that a professionalism has to come into it, knowing the player, and I think Keita and Alberto Moreno have got to do a lot better and, if necessary, take the foul because once Hazard gets you into that penalty area, it, it, it's bad news for, for everyone involved and the change of direction in which he changed onto his right foot and the finish just show what, what level he's operating at, really. And... In just that player, he was able to take the game away from Liverpool in one movement. And that's what all the great players do. But, like I say, the, the key player profile traits that he possesses, the ability to lend the ball to opponents, the ability to change direction, the ability to beat players 1v1 in individual battles, have always, for me, made him... When you look at Messi, Messi's the greatest footballer who's ever lived, I mean... The, the idea that Luka Modric has won the best player awards is, is farcical for anyone who watches Messi on a, on a regular basis. I mean, he, the distance between Messi and his nearest rival and Hazard, as much as I'm praising Hazard, is vast, really. I mean, you're talking about a player who not only combines all the skill sets that I've just described of Hazard, but also the weight of pass, the greatest pass of all time, Messi, without a shadow of a doubt. The ability to travel with the ball, just like Hazard, but with Messi, it's the ability to... Involve himself in everything the Barcelona do. So he's he's a number seven, he's a number eight, he's a number nine, he's a number ten in all one player. He builds moves, he, he builds the game in terms of the attacks from the deep area. He he creates the chances in the final third and he also finishes them. And Hazard's always been the same. However, Hazard has always lacked that that real killer instinct, that drive to want to hate the opposition in every every fixture and influence the outcome of every game. But I feel that when and when he decides, and it is about when he decides, and he decided today, um, and he did in the title, the, the two title wins Chelsea have had, when he decides on the day to change the course of the game, unless you have excellent organisation and structure and you're then able to somehow stop the ball getting into him, because that's the key, stop the ball getting into the play. You can't stop his ability, you can't stop his quality, but stop that supply line into him. And Liverpool weren't able to do that today, found himself on the right-hand side of the box and, and punished them. And it's the same with Messi, but Messi just combines that X-ray vision, that ability to, to morph into any player that you want and, and sense where the opposition are weak and what the game needs from him and what kind of player he has to be for that particular day. And that is the difference, that's what separates him from everyone else. But when Hazard is the one after that, and that was prevalent today. Um, so Liverpool have been undone by a piece of individual brilliance from a world-class elite footballer. In terms of the rest of what our Liverpool have played, I think that for the most part they'd be very encouraged by the second half and the way Liverpool were able to play with the game, with two day game plan and their normal style of play, albeit with a much changed eleven. I think the first half was a settling in period for a lot of players, and I think in general. Um, Liverpool, over the course of the 90 minutes, deserve to win the football match. And I'm always a big believer that if you play well over a period of time, you'll always achieve good results. And there has to be an understanding and a, and a pattern to what you're trying to achieve on a, on a weekly basis. So you could win potentially games in which you don't play well, that you look disjointed. But over the course of time, that's not going to gain you 
consistent results. And I think when I look at Liverpool now, and again when I looked at it in the second half, no matter who plays in Liverpool's side, no matter how the personnel changes, they are the same. If I, I could look at Liverpool in a different case, I'd still know it was Liverpool. I'd still see that philosophy and that imprint the Klopp's put on the side. So from that point of view, not too many negatives out of the game. However, another opportunity for a potentially a, a, a trophy has gone begging what you would say, albeit a lesser trophy. People can argue Liverpool, you know, need to be winning winning trophies on a regular basis. Now I don't think anyone will dispute that the winning a trophy has aided Liverpool's progression. But in terms of the bigger picture, I mean Liverpool could play that game another nine times out of ten in terms of the second half and win the game. But when you're facing an individual like that, unfortunately, you can't always you can't always bank on that happening because you can change the course of the fixture. Okay, so uh, in general, not the worst performance from Liverpool. Bit unfortunate to lose the game, and I think what they'll have to do now is try and and try and make sure that they get a positive outcome at Chelsea on the Saturday to make it not feel as 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 major as it could be. Because a little snowball effect could be if you start losing two games in a row, then suddenly the momentum has gone from what you've tried to achieve before. Hello, Alex Watt from Did It Cross the Line? And yeah, not as fun when you lose, is it? Uh, kind of forgotten what that feels like. Um, yeah, I was pretty, pretty disappointed given how good we were in the second half, especially. Um, it always sucks losing, but especially when you lose to Chelsea. Um, and the fact that we were in the lead and then they came back is not a great feeling, but we were just undone by a bit of Ed Nazard brilliance, really. You know, what can you do? Um, it's a strange game. Um, obviously, we were kind of playing our second string, but I thought there were positives. Fabinho looked pretty good in his debut. I thought Shakiri was great. Um Storage gave a pretty good account of himself despite missing <laughs> that pretty easy chance um, early in the second half. But yeah, in terms of Liverpool, this very much looked like a team who haven't played together as much. They didn't gel quite like how we're used to seeing with the first team on a week-to-week basis. You know, it took us a while to come into the game. Um, Chelsea kind of controlled it early on and then Liverpool came into it more and more as the game went on, which again is why it was so disappointing when we took the lead that they came back. But I think once we did come back into it, um, the pressing was there, the, you know, the more dynamic passing was there again. I mean, as for how much it... Uh, Tells us about what the game this weekend's going to be like. I don't know. I would hope we're a little more at the races, obviously, when the big the big guns come back in. Um, but Chelsea are going to be the same. I think it's going to be really interesting. There's even more motivation on the back of this now. And the fact that they obviously drew first blood. But I'd back Liverpool to get it done in the league. We look, you know, with our first team, like with a stronger team, we just have to use this as motivation and not... I guess not give the ball away as cheaply. Be aware that, you know, we've got to mark Hazard out of the game. If you do that, that's how you that's how you beat Chelsea, really. Um, but yeah, it's unfortunate for me because my wife is a Chelsea fan. Um, so she's got bragging rights for now, but hopefully we can get it back at the weekend. Um, speaking of which, uh, we've got our own podcast called Did It Cross The Line? Um 
I obviously a diehard Liverpool fan. She's a diehard Chelsea fan. We're going to record um, a post Carabao Cup special just now. So when you hear this, it may well be out. So please do go and check it out. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. It was a typical game, I would say, for both sides. But um, for us, we have to much more to speak for us, obviously. And um, because I have a, I said it before, they have a specific style of play. That's cool. And um, you need to get uh, used to it. And we, we got minute by minute more used to it. And even in a start when we were not really... We didn't when we left too many spaces open, stuff like that. When they couldn't play between, could play between the lines, we had already bigger chances. So they were not really, yeah, was not a really big threat, I would say. But then um, the more and more we got used to it, and first half were yeah, good, and then second half started well, um, scored the goal, um, could have scored before. Um, played much calmer football, which is another thing which we could have done the first half, of course, already because um, against a, such a dominant side like Chelsea, in the moments when you have the ball, then you need to dominate them. Doesn't work differently. Otherwise, you give them the ball and then they start again um, with all the trouble. And um, so, but that's um, you have to get that. Um, we had four. Five players on the pitch. I'm not four players, I think, with the first start, the first game of the whole season. So um, and I'm really happy that they had the game because now they are really back, and it's always a bit like this, and they don't start, and then after three, four weeks, you think, okay, now they don't have rhythm. Yeah, they don't have rhythm, but in the game they got the rhythm, and in the moment when we had the game, when we learned enough from the game, when we controlled it much better, um, won it up, could have scored a second, had a crossbar. Shaq completely alone in the box. Maybe we have to ask him why he didn't shoot in that situation. And then, and then they 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 scored a goal after the free kick, which is of course an unlucky situation because none, neither the foul nor the, the 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 goal itself was clear. So you can discuss about both situations. That's not too cool and doesn't feel too well, of course. But and then it's uh, one one. Then they have the momentum. In the game, scoring one and um, being back, I don't think we we had we showed a lot of um, the direction was bad of us. I don't think so. So, but then Eden Hazard came and scored a wonderful goal. Um, and yeah, that's how it is. And then we didn't have enough time to strike back. That's the story of the game, pretty much. I don't think it's a foul. So he plays the ball. Yeah, and then he touched. I think it has afterwards Moses, but it's not even that, that things like this happen. We always we constantly touch each other with feet, with arms, stuff like that. Not all of that is a foul, and for me, it's a clear ball, and the, and the, and the line and the line span one will give a, a throw in. So, but then it's not only a foul; it's even a yellow card. I think it's always strange. And then the situation I, I didn't see it in the game, of course. But when they started using the VR, and I, I knew it was close, obviously, and it was close. It was really close, and um, I don't think I have uh, the, the Liverpool glasses uh, on my nose. So I, I, I would say it's offside. So that's then how it is. You have three, two players that are clear offside, and they block. Not to forget, they don't they don't touch the ball. I know that, but they block players, my players. So that means you have big impact in the situation. I don't think you have to go to the ball. You have, they block. If we all can block when we are offside. That would change set pieces. 
massively, to be honest. So, and then the one Barclay makes the header, and um, for me, it's offside as well. Not much, but I don't expect that the ref would see that. But then you have to be out and have a look, and then it's close. Why do you use it if you don't want to make a decision? Then that's all. Um, and um, it's, it was it was clear. So I don't I don't feel bad because it's only unlucky. Then you have a free kick, which is maybe no free kick. I don't. I think in a lot of situations, nobody whistles it. So, and the other one. Maybe in the future, when you use VR, then then, it's, then you say, okay, that's offside. I don't expect using in situations like this the VR, to be honest. So, but if you use it, make a decision. You've been listening to the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo.